What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Firm Podcast. I am your host, Michael Cabana, and in this first season, I sit down with San Jose entrepreneurs, creatives, and brand builders to talk about their come-up stories. My goal for this podcast is to inspire young folks to chase their passions, or anyone for that matter. The guests on this show embody the fabric of what makes this beautiful city, San Jose, and I'm excited to share their stories with y'all. You can follow us at foreverintherightmind.com or on Instagram, at Firm Podcast. The Firm Podcast will be featured on all podcast streaming outlets. Please subscribe and review. I would love your feedback. Thanks for listening. Areli Cárdenas is an artist whose work is a representation of the impactful woman in her life. In this profound conversation, she talks about what inspires her paintings, community, and no words, action only. So without further ado, this is episode three with Areli Cárdenas. My dad's from Michoacán, mm-hmm. a little place called Dos Aguas, a little, little town. They used to uh, work like with lumber up in like, you know, the mounds and stuff like that. And my mom's from uh, San Nicolás, Durango, really close to a better known town called Santiago Papasquiaro. Mm. So it's just Durango, Michoacán, different different areas, but they came, met, fell in love, and stayed here and grew us here. So I think that's wow. dope. We've been here for a minute. Yeah. They and I tell them, like even when my mom gets lost, I tell her, I was like, dude, you live longer here mm-hmm. than in Mexico. How are you still getting lost? But I think she just wants me to drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect excuse. Yeah. Do you get to go back? often yeah well i i actually went back really really good stuff i actually went back recently in december and i hadn't been back prior to that for six years and you know growing up when before all the crime and delinquency there's crime and delinquency everywhere but before it got real real serious um we used to take road trips every december right and so we used to take road trips all the way down to durango spend christmas and then for New Year's, we go to Michoacan and it was just family time. That was like a given. There was no other place to go. Mm-hmm. And I was really fortunate and grateful. My mom used to send me and my brother in our summers, like by ourselves and just fly out and spend the summers out in Durango and like in the ranches and just getting away from city life. So like, yeah. I really appreciate like that tranquil peace and like that real bonding where mm-hmm. there's probably two channels because there ain't cable out there. Yeah. And like the phone calls, you had to use the little... uh little cards, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. dial in and stuff. <laughs> um, it was just really good to have that childhood. So really looking at like having the experience of being like the Mexican American kid, being mm. able to go between San Jose and then like Mexico. What uh so like what were some of the things that you guys did out there to entertain yourself? Yeah. You had to you had to be creative. I think one of one of the and this this ties in a lot to my artwork, it's like the important women in my life. I spent mm. a lot of time with my grandmother, grandfather, because all of my mom's side is here in mm-hmm. the Bay Area. Um, my grandma basically, you know, having to sur- having to, uh, survive and just how it was back then, they planted everything they ate and they jarred up all their fruits and vegetables. So growing up, um, they always had orchards. So going in the summer, we would go peach picking. So at that point, she would jar up some like what we call like sweet peaches. So mm-hmm. she would jar those up. If we wanted to make a uh, jam, she taught me how to make jam from figs. It was hard. It was real hard. Uh, but it was just really stirring for like hours and like yeah. a, a copper pot, things like that. Um, she would always tell me, uh, if you're going to make tortillas, they need to fluff up so you could be a good wife. And I'm like, man, let me eat these. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm going to be a good wife. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. I don't want to make fire tortillas. Come no, on. Now. Yeah. No, yeah. And I think that was cool. Like just, you know, swimming in the rivers and like going horseback riding, feeding the horses or going to look for the cows because we need to bring them back to drink water. It was just so different. Yeah. And I think I really just treasured it. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't something that I had to be convinced. Like, oh, come on, let's just go do this. It was like being able to like run outside and there's no rules. And like, you just got to still be home before the street light comes on and you're getting right. your ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> uh, so what brought your folks to San Jose? Like, what? Why San Jose specifically? Yeah, you know, oddly enough, both. So my parents are seven years apart and I learned that they both came here at age 16. And and that was a question that I think, especially like with immigrants, like why this city? Right. Mm -hmm. And so what and I think it happens with, you know, San Jose being predominantly Latino and like Vietnamese. What Mm -hmm. tends to happen is that people go where their family is right? because you're more likely to have like a roof over your head. Maybe they have a friend of a friend or a family member that's either working in, for like a cement company, a tire company, mm-hmm. a factory where you could like literally get here and then get to work. 
Yeah. You know, and so I think my dad, from what I've talked to him, he was able to get to work and worked in like fruit packaging factories and mm-hmm. such and then worked his way with working with uh, big rig tires. And he still does the same thing till this day, but he, he got to basically grow, right? Like the yeah. American dream. He, he made his own business out of it. That's Amazing. cool. Yeah, that's cool. With my mom, same thing. She was 16, came over here. Um, and to get on her feet, lived with one of her siblings. But for her, she she tells me it was a little difficult because she looked so young too. People were like, you need to go to school. And mm. her mentality is like, no, nah, I need to work. Yeah. You know? And so she was able to find work in a fruit packaging company. And that's how my parents met. Oh, yeah. that's dope. I think they're, they were um, packaging oranges and they just talked about stuff like that, you mm. know? Um, and it was just, it was to kind of just build themselves up and make better for themselves yeah i don't i don't you know talking to them there wasn't a plan to we're gonna absolutely stay here raise our family here or whatever when they did marry but my mom did say that after living a little bit in mexico she just they missed it they wanted to come back mm-hmm. and they just decided to come back to where they knew which was san jose again yeah so yeah and then we never left that's so dope yeah so what was growing up like for you out here um i think I remember if I could if I could be honest like we still talk about it till this day. So I used to live, it's named something I don't know what it's called. We used to live on the east side, right behind J W Fair Middle School, okay. down the street from Y B Yerba Buena. Uh, fuck, what's the street? Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what that's called, but I know my court was called Jody Majo. Okay. And then it was like, uh, man, it's a McLaughlin and a. Tully, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right there by the So, that so we, grew up, we grew up in the hood. Yeah. I remember that. It was just, I remember it was, anytime we're outside, it wasn't like we're outside alone. Mm-hmm. But what I remember I loved about my childhood was, uh, we were just talking about it, the neighbors. Yeah. You knew your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, I got a little older. I was still, I think I was like seven and we moved to the South side because it just wasn't safe. My brother's a little older than me and she she was just very adamant about us not getting wrapped up you know, doing mm-hmm. some stuff we shouldn't have been doing. And so right. we moved to the South side and I remember it, it took a lot of getting used to because you go from everybody looking like you to everybody not looking like you. And I think that was, you know, I know this is going to be, we could get some profound conversations going, but it was the first taste of like feeling like you were somewhere where you didn't belong. Right. Even yeah. not only like at your home or your neighborhood, but it was even like going to school and I was like, damn, nobody looks like me. At what age? I was seven. Damn, I was seven, nuts. and I remember really thinking about it like, I think I was like the darkest Latina there, and there was probably two other Latino kids, and and like it, it was it was different. Yeah, you know, it was just real different, and so it was um, and I, maybe I think that's why I had a weird relationship with school because it just it I don't know I just didn't like to do anything but draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. I don't know. So uh, yeah, was that like your main hobby growing up? Yeah, I think I always liked coloring. I always loved cartoons. I don't know. There's something that was always fascinating. I'll still watch them. Mm-hmm. Just looking at people's different styles or yeah. it, it just different type of like anime and stuff like that. Like it's just really cool to look at. And uh, I think with when you find something and like when you so this is where going back to like loving something and then loving the community that you're around. That's what makes you love your city, San Jose. And that's yeah. what I think it is. It's like really finding home, not so much in like the building. But like mm-hmm. the people. Exactly. And I think I have found home, you know, through various stages of my life and people. And I think that's that's true for a lot of us. For sure. It was and it was deeper then because you had you had to like build that community. Mm-hmm. So like I grew up over here, but like all my homies lived out there where you grew up, right there. The tree was Santee over oh, there okay. by uh by Fair. And like I used to take the bus. You know what I mean? I'll take the 71 to Eastridge and 26 to Tully and then ride my bike right to the neighborhood. And so like you, back then, like your parents allowed it or they didn't even know because they were working so much, right? Mm, You're touching on something. And I think that's the thing, right? With our parents that like, we're working mm-hmm. and, and it's really thinking about, uh, they, they, you know, for like, again, I always say we're, for, some of us are fortunate enough to have had two parents to have one parent to look after mm-hmm. us. And even if they weren't physically present, it's not that they didn't want to be, they were working. Right. Coming from working class. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I think that's important. And on top of that, like your friend's parents stepped in, mm-hmm. you know, like they knew and they understood. Uh, so like they knew like, okay, well you're in my home. Like, I'm going to treat you like my own. Yeah. And that's why, that's what makes, you know, like the friends that I've had back then, they're still my, my bros right now. 
Yeah. And you know me, I still call their parents auntie, uncle, you know, yeah. because that's, it's just like, it takes a, it takes a village, right? No, most definitely. I so, agree. Yeah. That's, that's dope. Uh, so school, when you moved to the South side, you know, you felt like a little like uneasy or whatever, out of place. Yeah. So yeah. painting is what got yeah. you. I feel like, you know, and when I talk about just really noticing like belonging or people not looking like me, I'm talking about like a little kid, the older I got, it was like that, that, uh, I don't, the, I don't care attitude, but in all reality yeah. you do care, but you don't yeah. know, know you care. Exactly. And so, uh, I think I just think about high school. Um, you know, we have electives. I like did art and I was like, this is fun. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I dig this. Cause I always liked coloring and I was like, oh, like I could, if I need a copy of glass, all right, how am I going to look at it? And I think the thing that always intrigued me about myself and my other uh, colleagues that did art, it was when you were looking at the same object and somehow each person's mind copied it differently. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to kind of pick up your style, which has taken me years to like really develop what it is, what I get told I have a style now. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it's really like being young kids and just like, I, I think youth are fascinating and just seeing for in the artist's eye, how they can look at one object and just replicate it. But mm -hmm. it's unique to the person. Right. And I think it was just, you know, we're, we're impacted by our experiences and the way we view things. And so I remember when it came to school, I didn't do too bad. I think I just didn't care too much. Mm -hmm. I cared enough. But I really did focus my energy on like getting down and trying all types of medium, like whether it was charcoal, mm -hmm. pencil, pastels, watercolor and acrylic. Um, I just remember I found back then I really did love acrylic. Like okay. that was my thing. That was the thing I got down on. So um, I think I've touched on this with other people that I've talked to is that watercolor kind of found me. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I initially didn't care too much for because i was i was so adamant about not messing up right mm -hmm. just the stupid because it's art you can't mess up but it's like not messing up i couldn't cover it up and so now whenever i have those uh oh moments where i have splatters people don't notice them but i have those moments of like oh i know i little i made that move or i i, I covered that up people don't know certain things are little cover-ups because i might have dropped my brush or whatever it is mm -hmm. but it allows me to like go with it another direction yeah and so uh yeah so to answer your question in high school art was like what saved me and got me by because i honestly don't want to be there it's yeah. just something i knew i had to do and i would go home and just like cause i didn't have no easel or nothing i just laid on my kitchen table and just get down and like draw and paint just got yeah because i'll be in trouble if i get paint on the carpet <laughs> so i had to paint in the kitchen yeah to be precise <laughs> yeah. yeah that's hilarious <clears throat> uh college did, did you uh yeah did you so i was supposed to go to art school for some reason i thought i wanted to do interior design mm -hmm. and then i went to orientation they reviewed everything and i was like nah this ain't it and my mom's like you better you better figure it out and i was like shoot so yeah so i ended up randomly picking a topic which i didn't know then was sociology and i'm really happy i did it because mm -hmm. it helped me understand not only people but like self like mm -hmm. really just analyze things look at it looking at how environment impacts people right and then at that point you're in school Everyone around me wasn't in school, but it was just really intriguing to just be able to exist with others and be like, oh, okay, it makes sense. That's why, okay, that's why I react to things that way. Like, yeah. oh, okay. And so I did that. Didn't know what I want to do when I graduated. And then I got my master's in justice studies. Looking back at it, I don't regret it at all. Like, Where'd I, you go? Uh, San Jose State. Spartans. Yeah, Spartans, baby. <laughs> yeah, I told you I'm not leaving. This I didn't leave a, San Jose. Like it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> what is, am I gonna this do? This is a Spartan household. What am I gonna do? So I think so I think that's the thing of like recent like really looking at it recently, having my work, like the work that people now know, right? When I started my business, it's very much like if like social social constructs of different things and like if if you were to ask me about a painting, I could tell you a story. Mm -hmm. I could tell you about the person. Or I could tell you why I painted it that way or why I met something. And it was everything about what molded me. You know, I spent almost seven years in school. It has definitely impacted the way I show up, the way I express myself verbally, mm -hmm. artistically. And so I really, I'm really happy I went that route and didn't just jump into like art school. Right. Yeah. 
You want to know something funny? So something I had heard, I remember I had been told like, oh, sociologists are the most antisocial people because they're too busy trying to uh, learn everybody. <laughs> like sitting back observing like, hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> and so like, that's the thing, right? It's like, we got to check ourselves sometimes. Like, oops, stop overanalyzing. Mm -hmm. Like live. Don't Man. worry about it. Construct that later in your brain. Like, you know, just live. And so it's just being very hyper aware because like, I'll yeah. be honest, what, what am I? Uh, I'm 31 years old and... My 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 parents don't sit down and talk to me about my feelings. Mm -hmm. they didn't sit there and talk to me like when I was angry of like how else to to verb verbalize how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. you know. And and it isn't anyone's fault. It's just that how can someone teach me something they don't know how to do for themselves? Exactly. And so I think I'm proud of myself and like my fellow people that kind of grew up like me that mm -hmm. they have taught themselves to face like their traumas or their um, past head on mm -hmm. and relearn how to be. Yeah. And not necessarily that there isn't anything valuable that I'm not holding within like my traditional teachings or my upbringing. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're going to take that good, good stuff that I like that we developed and grew with, right? Our mm -hmm. social construct. And then through education and exposure to other people, yeah. understanding oneself, I'm going to like better myself. Absolutely. And I think that's where, that's where definitely, I think that's where I've been for, for this last year. Yeah, it's like for sure. Growing. And I feel like that's our responsibility. Most definitely. Our, our folks, when our parents, when they came here, and I was raised by my mom, you know, so like for her, she worked so much. I'm sure her only responsibility was to provide, mm -hmm. right? To where like she didn't teach me about anything other than that. So it was like, I got to bust my ass and try to figure out how am I going to pass down values to my children or, you know what I mean, my children's children. You know what I mean? Like what type of people do I want them to be? Like my yeah. mom was just like... You got to figure it out. I'm going to fucking provide food. I'm going to provide shelter. And <laughs> that's about it. You know, yeah. I'm going to provide clothes. And and then from there, like, you know, we had to, like, raise ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's, I think you said something valuable. I'm not a parent. I want to be a parent one day for sure. Uh, not a parent yet. And I think this is, this is really good advice my mom gave me. She told me, you know, um, I just, because we, we've, I, I want to say even at this age, me and my mom are still growing together. Mm -hmm. We're still we're, we're still learning one another, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, you said something valuable. Like I think as a parent, so I could speak as a daughter, I'm going to talk as a daughter. Mm -hmm. My parent wanted to instill all these great values, morals, whether it was out of fear, like you better not do this because then this is going to happen to you. I'm like, oh God, you know, they scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, but, or, or they're sitting down and telling you, hey, be mindful, be careful, save up, whatever it is, you know, financial advice. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a point where we have choice, right? All of a sudden, we learn that our parents lied to us about stuff that we didn't know. Right. And then you start using that, that teenagers, those growing pains. And then we have choices. And at that point, I feel like if, if uh, I, I've always said this, I don't believe there's a right way to parent. I do believe there's a wrong way to parent. Absolutely. I don't know what that is, but I can tell you that there are wrong ways to do things, but there's not just one right way to parent. Yeah. And I think that at some point, us as individuals, after we've had our teachings, then we get to have choice and we make our choices. Mm -hmm. And then through choices and mistakes, we become aware. Yep. At some point, we have to own our responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So like one day when our child or children grow up, the hope is you took what the seed that I planted mm -hmm. and then you're going to take it upon yourself to continue watering your seeds. Yeah. You know, yeah. and want to water your seeds. And I think that's why it's, it's, it's just important to like allow freedom of expression. So let's, uh, let, so let's talk about post-college and you know, you got your master's. What, what did you do after that? So while I was getting my master's, that's like when my, um, what's that called? Nonprofit life started. Mm -hmm. So I was working at Plant Parenthood nonprofit, okay. right? So yeah. health service specialist, so I was sitting there. And uh, what the health service specialist is, it's basically like almost like a medical assistant, not mm -hmm. like just, you know. Um, so I was helping, you know, supervise just um, general like well women checks and like hormonal contraception. But like my favorite part was like educating my like young women and young men that came in to get birth control or to learn about things for the first time mm -hmm. and then doing outreach um in san jose at like local high schools that was cool you know yeah and so i knew going into grad school i wanted to focus on like young people because mm -hmm. i said i really do value young people and just um just find them so interesting and right. they keep us young you know 
So I think doing that, then I graduated, started working uh, for a nonprofit that focused on helping people uh, involved in the juvenile justice system mm -hmm. or what they call is at risk of being involved in juvenile justice system and really looking at the education system again here in San Jose. Mm -hmm. I basically just worked a lot with young people again. The most valuable thing I think I learned like in my early 20s is I believe no, no one should take how can I say like no one should take um let me take my time with this one yeah take your time no one should take credit for the accomplishments of our young people oh no yeah I think we're here and I've always said to lend the guiding hand mm -hmm. give the advice plant the seed but at the end of the day if someone's getting up every day and graduating mm -hmm. even even if I get a thank you right when someone graduates or if I get a thank you when someone turns to sobriety or when some whatever it may be you did that. I was uh, here. Yeah, for you, sure. You had that will. I'm just and, your cheerleader. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And so I think now I'm still working with young people. Um, uh, But these young people are now 18 to 24. It's it's like, it's your life. Now let's talk about how I could help you. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to get you there. And I think that's something valuable that I've taken from interacting with so many uh young people ages 13 to like 25. Yeah. It's really cool. And again, we, you just said it. We didn't have this stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, let me. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. If you could go back to your fifteen-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Man, that's that's a good question. That's a great question. I haven't even thought about that. Uh, maybe I would tell myself to um, like find something, find something that really interests you. Mm -hmm. You know, find something that really interests you and tap into that. Tap into that curiosity. Mm -hmm. because like I didn't know what I wanted to do like literally I didn't know all throughout my adulthood I didn't go back I didn't go to college till I was 23 mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I, I didn't graduate till I was 28 you know right. what I'm saying so like I had those eight years of like just trying just working and I, I thought that that was good enough you know I could work just get a full-time job and take a couple classes at night but um you know I felt like that's lost time because I didn't know what I wanted. I was kind of just going to school because my homies was going to school and we'd take a class together. Right. But yeah, I would say, you know, like, you know, if you're interested in something, you know what I mean? Like tap into that. And we didn't have the the, the uh, resources that we have now. Like we mm -hmm. didn't have YouTube back then. We didn't have YouTube University. <laughs> but, MySpace, so, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, yeah, then, then I, I, I kind of just like was just running around hanging with friends and that was, and that was my life. And so yeah. I, if I were to go back, like, dude, like find something that interests you and like, you know, try to learn as much as you can about it. Yeah. Because no, from cool. there, then you could kind of like, like you, I mean, you've been doing art your whole life. I admire okay. like so many people, like, cause you know, I watch from a distance and a lot of the people on that's going to be on this podcast are people that I've watched for a long time and they've, you know, they've, they've learned, they've learned up on the things that interested them and, you know, now they're fucking successful business owners and just successful creatives. And it's like, man, I, I, that inspires me. Yeah. And it inspired me to do this. Yeah. Just because I feel like San Jose needs that because I didn't have that type of inspiration. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's, let's keep it real. You want to keep it real? Mm -hmm. I think that's important to talk about though, right? Because there was a lot of growing pains in my life for like a decade. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like, cause I started my business going a year and a half right mm -hmm. painting drawing always like to do but i got so caught up in life and just i wanted to say just almost like existing with the people around me that i wasn't painting as persistently mm -hmm. and i wondered that if like throughout my 20s if i would have grinded right. but enjoyed myself but grinded and dedicated time to that mm -hmm. how much further could i have been yeah but it really does take whatever like when we did what we had to do when we had to do it i'm a firm believer in that mm -hmm. and i think uh i was thinking about like how would i answer the question i just asked you like if i could go back and speak to my 15 year old 15 year old self i remember i would always you know being being a kid going through our emotions it's like what do you want and it's like yeah. i just want to be happy today i could tell you it's peace right and it's like really learning that if you reach a, a, your center and if you're at peace everything else just kind of flows in including yeah. happiness mm -hmm. because sometimes you know growing up we, we don't know what we know mm -hmm. we tend to look for happiness in everything else but ourselves 
And that's yeah. why, like today, I'm focusing on peace. And I told you recently, I haven't been on social media, but it's like it's it. My concern isn't to uphold followers or to uphold um, likes. Yeah. It's really of like, what am I gonna do to put back? into my glass yeah so then i could pump some more dope shit out you mm -hmm. know and so i think that's important to say because like i want you to know that i think you're at where you're at and doing what you're doing because this is where you're this is where you're meant to be right now this moment in your life mm -hmm. and i'd be sitting here fraudulent if i would say like yeah man i've been grinding it out and i I've, I've been working 12 years to get this yeah. business nah like I woke up one day and I was again angry and I painted some shit out and then I just never stopped painting and it just t brought me here because I got to the point where it's like I started the painting pissed off. It was Tupac, my Tupac painting. Oh, I started tired. it and I was just listening to it and I was like, I hate racists and inequality and like going in and mm -hmm. just I remember putting hours into that painting and and seeing how much time it took me to do that because mm -hmm. acrylic takes me a little longer. And I was like, holy shit, like how much time have I spent sitting on this couch watching TV? How much time have I wasted just scrolling through other people's lives? Mm -hmm. Fuck no. And so like I just started painting that one and I was like, well, I got this idea. And it literally just started like a trickle effect of yeah. creating stuff. And I haven't really stopped. And when I this last these last few weeks, I did stop. But it was to put back into my glass. Yeah. So it's not that I've stopped creating, because I told you I've started some cool stuff. So I have some dope ideas coming. But it's like it's so important to replenish and pay attention yeah. to your body and your soul. Where it's like, oh, let me take a moment. Yeah. I think loving self is the most important thing. Wow. Throughout your career, um, how were you able to balance, you know, your career and painting? Like, yeah. Like, how are you able to, like, find time or even make time to paint? Yeah. See, right now, I think I, I, I made myself a promise that if I was going to make a business out of this, I now have two careers. Right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was a moment. It's like, oh, we getting serious. Like, mm -hmm. um, I make time. Yeah. I really am a firm believer that we make time for what we want to. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm right now, like, I don't, I don't have any other responsibilities than to myself. Right? So I think mm -hmm. that helps. Um, and my, my hope and my mission is that when I have like my person and my partner and family starts and we create that like foundation, we can vow to create time for each other, but like also create that separate time and help each other out to still have that thing, mm -hmm. you know? And so I always think about that of like, when I have a family, how's my art going to change? Mm -hmm. Because every time I've had like a pivotal change in my life, my art takes a different direction. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I started focusing on like portraits and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened. And then I started painting some crazy psychedelic stuff and like animals <laughs> and schools. And I'm like, oh, that's a trip. And so I'm finding myself that like, yeah, I still love to paint with the heavy emphasis. I used to say woman empowerment, but now I'm shifting. I'm dropping I'm dropping a little bit of the woman and a lot of women are still going to be the focus of my paintings, but I think it's just empowerment. Mm -hmm. What is going to give me pride? What is going to give me confidence? What is going to fill me with love? Mm -hmm. And so it's really looking at how my art evolves with me. And so if I am telling and like sitting here saying that my, my justice work and my social involvement, like within the community and different agencies influence what I'm painting, then I can't, completely quit being involved in my community because mm -hmm. it feeds my soul right and it's helping me fabricate like fabricate like the crazy shit in my head yeah you know so it's like they're feeding each other mm -hmm. they're feeding each other and i think i think uh i'm i'm, I'm hella proud of myself mm -hmm. and i think be. thank you thank you and the reason i want to stay doing this together is because i do work with like the younger generation and i want them to know that whatever the hell was embedded in our heads as children, as teenagers of a path that we're supposed to follow, mm -hmm. you don't got to do it that way. Yeah, I did it that way. I reached 25 and I was like, now what? I yeah. set out to do everything I, I was told I had to do, what I thought I should do. And then I remember having a moment. I was like, shoot, I can do whatever the hell I want now. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. And and let me tell you that by just going to school, getting a job, getting a promotion, guess what, y'all? It didn't fulfill my happiness. Yeah. Art does. Mm -hmm. People connection does, right? 
empowering others where they could walk away and maybe they weren't confident enough to advocate for themselves, but they're gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna run through these talking points with you and I'm gonna go talk to my supervisor. I'm gonna kill you, get them, but like yeah. be respectful, yeah. but get them, you know what I mean? And so it's like <laughs> teaching them how to do that, that stuff makes me hella happy. Mm-hmm. And and all those things, all that all that has in common, it has no selfishness in it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it feels it feels good to wake up every day and just feel like I, I'm doing good, not only for me, yeah. but for others. Yeah. And so I'm privileged right now enough to be able to just fend for myself mm-hmm. and I, I make time. Yeah. And if I'm like I said, if I'm not taking a break, if I'm not painting and I'm taking a break, it's because I'm still investing in me. Yeah. I'm just not putting on paper right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just really just investing in my like overall uh, mental health. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's very important. Yes. Dude, so you you talk about, you know, the young people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. Like, you're you're an important piece in their lives. Thank you. What what does community mean to you? And, like, what, like, who was that for you in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. Shoot, I haven't thought about that one. No, um... Let's say that. Say it again. Say it again, so I can think about it again. Go ahead. What does yeah. community mean to you? Mm-hmm. And like, who was that mentor in your life? Like, who was the person that you admired and you were like, man, I need to like really get my shit, like not 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 follow their footsteps, mm-hmm. but it made you think about what you wanted to do, and you know what I mean, like get like get your grind on and put your head down and get to that point. Get it. Yeah, see, really get it. See, I feel, you know, the word mentor, I feel like I've had mentorship at different points in my life with, like, different people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not not trying to sound like a cliche, but, like, really, like, admiring my mother's strength and everything she's been through. And we grew up nothing the same. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think in my head, I'm going to bring it back to my parents not being from here. I think in my head, I knew, I talked about like doing like what was right and I big air quotes, right? Like mm-hmm. the traditional way of growing up with the expectation of the kid. I just kind of knew the story of my parents immigrating here, everything they suffered through, all the prejudice, you know, mm-hmm. all the discrimination, all the uh, not so equal pay, all right. that stuff, right? And so I thought about like, all right, I got to give them something. Mm-hmm. I got to give them something. And I had to be, I wanted to be adamant about graduating school Mm -hmm. and then landing a career and being a professional. Mm -hmm. And that means that when I think of being a professional, I just think about being, having, being privileged enough to take my certificates and being like, hi, I'd like to apply for this job. Here's my education attainment. Hi. And being Mm -hmm. able, and oh, I don't like this job and take that paper. Hi, my name's Adeli and these are my qualifications and here's my education. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I think about like being a professional. Doesn't mean everyone that has a degree is a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have the privilege to be able to move around and make moves in life. Yeah. And when I think of just mentorship, I have, I have friends, friends, I feel friends are family, friends are chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found, so I have found community, um, with like my queer family, which is very important to me. And mm-hmm. that didn't, I've always had, you know, friends that identified as lesbian, gay, non-binary mm-hmm. and really being intentional and like connecting on a different level with my queer friends that I can't do with others. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's what we have each other for. Right. Yeah. And then I have community, um, among like my Chicano, like, and Chicana and uh, Latinx and like my yeah. friends. And that's been dope. But I want to say, I really love that in the work that I did do, you know, going towards grad school, I have a few friends I made there. I really like that. I grew up doing the work that I did with my friends. Yeah. That's where I met your wife. Like yeah. Kathy, right? So it's dope. like being able to like connect with people and stay connected with them because we genuinely like each other and yeah. we genuinely respect each other. And I, I thought I've been thinking about this question, like who's my mentor? Like I, I've never thought of my mom as my mentor. She's like my hero, mm-hmm. you know? Um and I think about um just uh <laughs> See what I'm good. talking about? Yeah, it's good. Hi, Luna. <laughs> uh, just thinking about um, mentorship, I feel like we have mentoring moments through conversations, mm-hmm. right? Like me and you can be yeah. on this, and I'm already having insight just talking to you, and I'm like, oh, that was a cool teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could see strangers, sometimes mm-hmm. people that we don't know. And I was like, oh, I think it's amazing. They're stepping outside of their everyday life to go and help like community members. So if I want to say I could tell you what I look for in a mentor is a uh, selflessness. 
my favorite people that I've encountered are the ones that like feed your power. Yeah. And by that, I mean, like, it's not just uplifting you of like, you're going to be okay. They're there. Cause that's what we talked about. Empathy, but that's sympathy. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're sitting there, you're giving me freaking empathy and you're telling me this is why I'm dope and remind me. It's like what, wiping my tears and be like, yeah, you're right. Like I am badass. Like, let's go. It's like, those are the people, those are the freaking people you want to keep here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and even if we have love for others, but if we feel like, you know, there's people, there's people out there we've encountered in life and that we have so much love for them, but it's like, Hey man, like I can't give you more of me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have to step back a little bit and that's okay. It doesn't mean I love you any less, Yeah. but I need you to love you Yeah. and I'm going to be over here when you're ready. Where does your inspiration come from? You mentioned that, you know, a lot of it comes from, you know, women empowerment. So like the women in your life mm-hmm. play a big part and you see it, you totally see it in your art. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But you've also said that you, you know, you've, you've kind of like steered away from women empowerment. What inspired those things? Yeah, me. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's important to like look, you know, we look outside ourselves. Remember I was talking about like happiness or like inspiration. Mm-hmm. We start to look outside ourselves to be like, ooh, like what can I paint? What inspires me? And I think being at home, because I do live by myself, being home during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time with self. Mm-hmm. And I remember I do my little time lapses and I'd be like, oh, like I sit there and be like, that's so badass. Like I did that and it helped me slow down. And I started admiring my own work a little more mm-hmm. because I was just pumping stuff out, you know, Yeah. and investing and putting into like these pieces. And um, a lot of the conversations I have with people or if that moment in my life, whoever I'm communicating with, going back and forth with um, those, I want to say the paintings that I've done during like being quarantined like at home that's so weird right when the hell did we think 2020 we're gonna be at home all day yeah Um, (laughs) it made me spend more time with self man and i had fun falling in love with myself like when some people were struggling i was at home like hell yeah like more painting time and Mm -hmm. i think that's what allowed me like i'd work all day and then i'd be like all right let's make dinner boom sit down and go with my box light and get down and i'd be like oh man and i remember having moments like i've never painted a candle how am i gonna do a melting candle and then I'd be like, all right, let's, and I'd study and I, that's the thing people don't know. Like I really do study the objects that I paint or I'll sit there and take pictures of myself or like different body parts and, mm-hmm. uh, spending time with me. It's like, I was able to put myself more out there. So I think that's going to be cool to look back. Like remember 2020, it's yeah. like 2020 is going to be the year that I put more of myself into my paintings than ever. And it, it went from portraits to then like the female body, the, the body, like the anatomy of the woman. Mm-hmm. And that's still gonna still show up on the pieces to come. Yeah, That's been really cool. So, and I'm now going, now we're in September, now I'm going into like a different phase. And so I don't get on myself when I start a painting and I don't finish it mm-hmm. because like I told you, there's a time for everything. And I do believe I have uh, two unfinished paintings that I think I'm meant to finish them now. Mm. Not so much when I started them when I started last year, another one, it was a painting that I just recycled and I started something new. So yeah, I, I, me, me right now and my friends and people that I meet, strangers, that's everything around me. And are those same people, your support system? Yeah. Are those the folks that are encouraging you throughout all of this? Yeah. So I want to say some of the women I have painting painted, they're good friends. I don't talk to them every day. And Mm -hmm. so I do, Mm -hmm. um, pieces sometimes i'll take elements of like looking at my friends and their their i mean it could be their hair it could be their eyes it could be a facial expression it could be their light their aura and just like let me put that into a painting Mm -hmm. you know um and i think it goes back to that like where i find pieces of women or women that i admire i paint them Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's crazy i sound nuts i'm gonna be excited (laughs) you're getting me pumped up i sound nuts uh let's talk let's talk about um no words action only the mural uh it's it's kind of dope that we saw we got to see you in action yeah we were you know me courtney and luna were at the uh a protest in downtown san jose <laughs> and courtney was like Arely's here we got to go visit her and so we we, we we i mean we left the protest to go visit you and then sure enough the protest comes right down that our was way dope, dude. and the feedback was sick yeah. Like everyone was loving it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't think I've like recorded, I don't think I've 
told the story and it be like recorded. I'll tell you that much. So Please. I can tell you the story. Tell me the story. All right, story time. Um, <laughs> so th that shit was heavy, man. Like I said, I moved from like justice work into like more, um, still working with like predominantly minorities, but more like in the tech industry and mm -hmm. like, you know, like almost like a trade school. And when all this stuff was happening, I just remember being at home and I was like, I gotta do something. I just gotta do something. But then it was also scary, right? Cause it wasn't safe. So I think uh, like looking back to when I did uh, No Words Action Only, there was no plan to do that. I remember going out when I did go protest like my first evening, I remember seeing murals up and I was with my best friend, uh, Nathia, my home ground, Elisa. And we're walking down, uh, what was it? It was like San Carlos and like third. And I was like, oh shoot, like the community's out here, like the people are here painting, that's dope. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, that'd be cool if I could do one of those, right? And it was literally like a a, a Friday. And then, yeah, it was just, the cops were crazy out there. And then Sunday, and then all of a sudden came Tuesday, and I got some I got some word about, like, a violent act, and it was just kind of messy with me, you know? It's just like, man, like, our young people are out here on these streets, um, and it's, it ain't safe. And unfortunately, it ain't safe. And it's not just the streets that ain't safe. It's, like, police, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, that was hard to propel to swallow, and I got an email from Local Color, who's a nonprofit here in San Jose, and actually, no, scratch that. I got a text like, hey, you want to get on one of these murals from Haley? And I was like, oh, dude, I haven't talked to her in a minute. And then, boom, she hits me with the breakdown. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, all right, can you start tomorrow? And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I got a job. Like, hold on. <laughs> I can't just start tomorrow. But like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, check this out. Like, you're going to have to, we're, we're doing two-day two day murals. And they're probably going to come down in a few weeks. Like, it's a temporary mural. I was like, all right, bet. Let's do it. And then I remember I was really happy to have my best friend here with me because we grew up in San Jose together, but she had moved to the East Coast mm -hmm. and uh, to New York and she came to visit. So I was like, hey, she's like, what? I was like, you're about to get on this mural with me. You're going to help me because I can't knock this thing out in two days. So I'm going to need you. So it was a game plan, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to come up with the design. I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to paint it. And you're going to follow me and and do the second like layers or do this, do that. So there was like a strategy. Yeah. She's like, all right, cool. What are you going to paint? I was like, no idea. No idea. And I had to sit there with self. And I think that's where I want to talk about. It was a moment, right? And I'm like, all right. I I'm I got at that point I got the location. I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna be right next to the church at that at that restaurant. Mezcal. Mezcal and that's a that's a pretty wide street. Like it's not okay, maybe people are gonna drive, you know, and, and I was just like if I this isn't about me. Mm -hmm. I think that was that moment of like, all right, Latina empowerment, let's take let's let's figure this out real quick. I don't leave, what are we gonna do? And I remember I was like, I can't just, I can't paint like a Latina woman like this. No, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And I needed to make sure that I was going to paint something that was going to bring to light individuals. Because I want to say my painting doesn't encompass a person. It, it encompasses many mm -hmm. individuals that kind of, let's just put them in the shadows. Let's just pretend. Let's just pretend this ain't happening. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I... I want to put an emphasis on Afro-Latina. I want to put an emphasis on someone, you know, like there's a lot of internalized racism within the Latino community in general, right? Mm -hmm. And talking to my friends who are Black, who are mixed, or who are um, Puerto Rican, right? Mm -hmm. It's been, a, I've had conversations with people. It's like, well, on this side, sometimes I'm not Black enough. And on this side, sometimes I'm not Latino enough. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need, I need to put that like in your face. And then it was also June and I really was like, well, I was like, I always talk about how I like to see a lot of like um, the queer community, like out there in Frisco and even in Oakland, I was like, San Jose's lacking. I was mm -hmm. like, so I'm going to stay with my, I, I had been doing drip paintings, the, mm -hmm. the quarantine. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to do a drip effect on the face. And I was like, all right. And so I was like, who the hell am I going to paint? And so like literally I went on Instagram and I remember just typing like Black Lives Matter search. And it was like the the one of the icons. I just remember the icon was like in the middle and I don't even think I scrolled down nine. And there was a picture of a woman and literally wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, fist up, pride flag, mm -hmm. rainbow flag. Open the picture. I was like, that's it. Within like, I, I didn't even search for it. It was like 30 seconds. 
And I was like, all right, best friend, so what are we going to do? Am I just going to, like, message her? She's like, yeah. And I was like, is that creepy? She's like, fuck yeah, but you got to ask for permission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So I was like, all right. So I'm like, hi, like, uh, my, like I'm an artist, and I want to ask for your permission to reference your picture for a mural. And I remember it was 10 p.m., and I was it was 10 p.m. Friday. And I was supposed to wake up and start painting the next day. And I was like, all right, dude. I was like, if she texts back, cool. If not, I don't know what the hell I'm going to paint. But like, let's. That's crazy. Yeah. I so, did not know that. Like, you had just thought of it the night before. That's yeah, amazing. Because I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, but I wanted to freaking do a mural, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, like, I, I wake up to a message and it was, and instead of I expected the no or the yes, it was like, hi, where's the mural going to be? And I was like, fuck she's gonna say no you know and i was like oh it's gonna be in san jose and it was like okay that'd be cool i was like thank you literally hopped out of bed i was like bet go handle your business went to my mom's shed grabbed all my paint supplies me how are you going i'm gonna go paint a mural like let's go so i didn't sketch it up i just again this is the first time because usually i'm so meticulous how i do my processes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. literally got in met the owner hi nice to meet you like, you want some breakfast? Sure. Like, you know, real friends real quick. I was really grateful. Um, and I got down and I just remember I was like, man, I've never painted in such a large scale mm-hmm. with no idea. But here we go. And yeah. I hit up my other homegirl and I'm like, hey, I need you. I was like, I my girl, Uni. I was like, Uni, what are you doing today? Nothing. I'd be like, cool. You want to come paint? Because it had been quarantined. No one had seen each other. Yeah. I was like, you got a little panel on the side. Like, I need you to come do your cool little um like uh she does like these patterns i was like i need to do your patterns i was like and i want you to do the like roy g biv like just like rainbow cool and it's just like music and i think that was the dopest day because that's when first because how you said the protest was happening Mm -hmm. so it was me getting down like i was in the zone and having you stop by with your family having uh my other my my other homies kind of stop by and just kicking it and it was it was a movement in that moment for me. Yeah. And I think that was really cool because I think as like when people go out and like muralists or artists, we don't, I don't think we give this enough credit, but I think one of my favorite things is when my friends come visit me Mm. because I'll never forget that. That's that moment of like, Hey, you want a water or like cheers, drinking a white claw maybe. And like (laughs) uh, hanging out and, and sitting with self. And like you said, there was that moment when the protesters just walked by Mm -hmm. and we all paused. And I remember I was like, my girl's like, Hey, do me a favor, paint real quick. And like, so I just started doing a line and she took a picture. So I have a picture of me like really getting in. And then the protesters are walking by and I was like, man, that was so powerful. But I was like, that's San Jose. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, this is for San Jose. Mm -hmm. And I finished, like, I think we did, I think we did the time. And I think I spent a total of like 18 hours from the beginning to end. And, um, like I said, it was helpful that I, I think it was so, um, bright because like I was able to put the detail in there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we have, so the young woman, her name is a, a Jazz Hubbard. She lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, born in New York, raised in Arizona, and has like moved around. I didn't know she's like this badass, like derby star. and Roller like, derby. Roller derby. And so it took off. Like <laughs> it took off, like not just with San Jose, but mm-hmm. like I, I was not aware at how, you know, women had redefine the sport mm-hmm. um and i found this woman who is puerto rican black who is queer and who is proud and is a mother and it was just to get this feedback of people telling me like you couldn't have picked a better person mm-hmm. um fun fact she didn't know i was painting that day so she was tripping the day I, <laughs> like my best friend was posting updates and she hits me up like, hold on, is that me? Wait, you're doing the mural today? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And it's like, what would you have done if I would have said no? I was like, I don't know. But thank God you said yes. <laughs> and so I wasn't planning on uh, replicating that at all. But people kept asking me, like, I really want that in my house. Or can I have that? Mm-hmm. And I and I and, and she told me, she's like, hey, like, get this out there. Like, my people, my folks want that. And so it was the first time that I had ever sold prints to so many different states because she wow. has, she knows so many people because she competes, they travel mm-hmm. all over to to play derby. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, man, I was like, thank you, like thank you so much. And now she's just very like I love her, like a very dear person, mm-hmm. an individual, very special to me. And and 
yeah, there's part two coming. She even came out here, right? She did. She came so, out here. Oh, yeah. So the, the reason she came out here is because it was temporary. She's like, oh, cool. I could probably uh, go visit once the pandemic's over. And I was like, it's going to get taken down in like two weeks. And so she's like, oh, all right, bet. So she flew out. We. She said she didn't expect to kick. I was like, you can't come to my city and I can't show you around. Yeah. So she got her little Airbnb and I just took her all over the Bay Area. Yeah. And I told her, you got to come back. We still got to go to Oakland. She's like, all right. That's so dope. <laughs> and so it was, it was really, I, I didn't know how much it meant to her until like we just started connecting after the fact. And I mm-hmm. think one of my favorite compliments was from her son Jaden when he told me FaceTime me when we're at the restaurant and he's like hi nice to meet you like thank you for painting my mom you know Mm -hmm. and she was just like oh my son and I was like that's so sweet you know and so (laughs) it was just like it was just that moment of you know when we talk about like who do you look up to or like those Mm -hmm. moments like how was I gonna ever imagine that I was gonna impact her young son Mm -hmm. that I was going to impact her that I had. I remember having um, queer families walking by, you know, the protesters Mm -hmm. and telling me, thank you so much with their blended families. And like, I was like, hell yeah, man, like this is dope. Like this was the move. Like, Mm -hmm. cause why? Cause I didn't paint it for me. I painted it for everybody. Uh, Aside from, you know, the feedback that you got from the protesters walking by, like what, what other feedback did you get from? other people like DMing you or Mm -hmm. yeah so a lot of people um were sending me direct messages and telling me how much they just loved it Mm -hmm. and how like um they'd be like oh I have like a new screensaver and like and telling me like this just gives me so much happiness and pride Mm -hmm. you know um one of the 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 compliments or like one of the deep profound moments I did have was when I got I get so caught up just go mode, like business and yeah. like painting that I had a moment because my grandma has been here from Mexico, my mom's mom, and she hasn't left the house at all. And she, she, uh, I had just been going so hard, just selling, like I take, so me packaging, so I do, for the most part, my friends will help me sometimes, but I package everything by myself mm-hmm. and I had sold so much that I spent so much time literally working. And during breaks, I would run to the post office. And after work, I would be cutting up cardboard and wrapping it mm-hmm. and binding things to make sure the prints aren't going to be damaged. Like, I got so caught up and grandma tells me, mi abuelita, Rosa, she's like, mija, like, your mom wanted to take me to go see the mural, but, you know, she didn't feel well today. I was like, oh, my God. Like, everybody has seen the mural except my family. So I was like, oh, no. Damn. I was like, we're, we're all going. Yeah. I was like, I am so sorry. Like, hold on, pause. And so I went, picked them up, and I I think we uh we had uh San Jose had put up uh, Black Lives Matter right there on Empire Street. So mm-hmm. I drove them down Empire Street and then the restaurant closed and the mural was there and they were so happy and I remember I was taking a picture of my mom <laughs> and she was scrunching up her face and I was like, Mom, like smile like hold on what's happening she's like i'm trying really hard not to cry right now (laughs) and i was like why are you crying and then she literally starts like tearing up and she's just like this is so beautiful i'm so proud of you she's like but i need to take a moment and say that this is so sad you know and i was like ah that makes me want to tear up right now she's like Mm -hmm. she's like this is powerful she's like it's so sad though why this went up Mm -hmm. and so then i'm like oh shit so i'm hugging her you know i was like it's okay mom i was like I was like, uh, it's important, mm-hmm. you know, and then having my grandma, it was like our Brock, having her have a moment. And I was like, what do you think, grandma? And she's fighting it back. And and again, I told you my family doesn't talk about emotions like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like giving her the space to process, to yeah. share that with her, because I don't think anyone's provided that space for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you think, abuelita? She's like, está muy bonito, mija, pero qué triste. And she just shrugged and she's like, it's just so beautiful, but so sad yeah and she shrugged and she started tearing up and we're all there like (laughs) down near 9 p.m we're just like oh you know and i was like all right let's take a picture and i took a selfie and i think it was that power right and i remember i i remember before the picture i hugged my grandma because my mom was just looking at it and i was like you know this is you right and she just looked at me i was like you know we're here because of you i was like so this is this is you too 
And I think that got her. And I was like, holy crap, man. Like, we don't take the time to talk to our ancestors who are still here sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I get it. Like, I'm not even a grandmother, but like, I, I get it. And I think we don't say thank you enough. And it's those moments of like, when I win, mom wins, grandma wins. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and so if I'm winning and I'm happy, you're happy. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me I did a great job, grandma, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. because we're all able to share this moment together. Oh, man. I try not to cry through that one. <laughs> a really tough question. Yeah. Damn it. And, you know, we've been talking a lot, we've been talking a lot about you wanting to have kids and um, also, you know, your ancestors. Uh-huh. So if you had the chance, and I'm sorry, I didn't add this. This is literally no, just... No, 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 no. Yeah. Give it to me. Uh, if you had, if you could, uh-huh. would you rather travel into the future uh-huh. and meet your descendants, uh-huh. or travel into the into the past and meet your ancestors? Mm-hmm. That's a good one, and and I don't because I don't know if I'm gonna answer it. And I don't know if I'm gonna answer it the same how I think I would have answered it because I think I've always said um, ancestors. Mm-hmm. But if I'm really sitting here preaching about the youth in the future, mm-hmm. I think I would move forward. Yeah. And and I think I would give them the same advice of like, oh, like, great, greatest grandmother, like this is this is so cool about you. Or even if they would know anything that I did, mm-hmm. but I would definitely want to give the future the advice to like live how you want. Mm-hmm. And even if like you stumble a little bit, just don't remember to like get yourself back up. Yeah. Because like well, I love my ancestors, I pray to them, but I know that like they're here with me and I know that they would want me to look within myself for guidance and not become dependent on just theirs. Mm-hmm. I think my ancestors would want me to trust myself. Yeah. So if I had the opportunity I would want to go into the future and tell my descendants to trust themselves and to do it for them. That's, that's, that's how I'm going to look at it. Yeah. That's deep. I love that. Uh, another question. Okay. Uh, what title would you give this chapter in your life? I would say searching for peace. Searching for peace. Yeah. Because I, like I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think... And that's that's fun too, because I think, and the reason I'm saying searching for peace is because I think of a, maybe I could put a journey colon searching for peace. No, I feel like I am learning now at this point in my life to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. when I have spent so many years so preoccupied trying to get to a destination. Yeah. And I told you once I reach a destination, now what? So, I think it's like the the journey, like searching for peace, and and that can be out there. That can mm-hmm. be in here. Mm-hmm. That can be somewhere I haven't even discovered yet. Right. So that's what it is right now. Yeah. A wise man once told me the journey is the goal. Mm. And I, I can't even tell you like, I I I live by that now. Yeah. You know, like you know, we have all these aspirations, but like, dude, you know, I mean, your journey is, you know, I mean, like that you ride that wave. That's the life, right? Mm-hmm. I think like when we think of life, we spend more time through the journey than we do trying to get to where the hell we're going Mm -hmm. because guess what when we get there again it's like well what now yeah so it's like life is the freaking journey yeah you're right you're right absolutely so uh what what message do you have for you know young folks or even you know i mean a lot of people are dealing with this uncertain time and you know unfortunately some people lost their jobs and they need to bounce back you Mm -hmm. know like what message do you have for those folks who are uncertain about their future or I mean, someone that's interested in, let's say, painting. I think this is going to tie in everything we talked about today. Find your people. First, find your people that you can talk to without judgment or them um, putting their opinions on top of your dreams. Right? Mm-hmm. Find those folk. And then um, talk out loud. So if, I'm a, if I like to or, or if I need to journal about it, journal about it. If I need to, like, you know, talk to myself through it, cool. But I think say things out loud. Sometimes in life, I think we search for advice, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if you've ever found yourself that you're talking out loud to someone and you come to a consensus or a conclusion of how you're going to take on that task or that obstacle. And with a really good listener, you will come up with your own solution Mm -hmm. and you're more likely to follow through with that goal, that dream, that aspiration 
when you came up with how you were going to get there rather than someone telling you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, find your tribe, talk to your chosen family, your real people, your good listeners, the ones that are really going to sit there without judgment and, and get rid of the ones that are projecting their fears onto you. Those ain't the ones. And talk out loud to the point to where you know and trust yourself enough to follow your dreams and aspirations. Wow. Because I feel like sometimes we're so scared or we feel so alone. Mm-hmm. But you can grow completely opposite from how I grew up. But we could find relatability in one another. And we can be nothing alike. But we can sit there and have conversations for hours because we respect our journey. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. And don't do what people tell you to do. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> what does community mean to you? It seems like no matter what we talked about throughout this combo, Areli always came back to her community, her people, her family. It's this same community that drives her in both of her careers, whether it's the folks you see in her paintings or supporting young people in their growth. I can identify with that because community is what drives firm. We're sharing community stories to inspire community folks. After all, it's what made us who we are. Community is the soul of San Jose. Thank you for listening. You can follow Areli and her artwork on Instagram at Areli Paint This and on her website at arelicardenas.com. This show is produced and edited by Firm, music and engineering by Cisco Cortez. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe.